is your Frederick Real Estate Update, a conversation about the regional real estate market with tips for buyers and sellers. Your hosts, REMAX Results' Darren Ahern and Presidential Bank Mortgage's Terry Kernan. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back to your Frederick Real Estate Update. I am Darren Ahern with REMAX Results, bringing you over 20 years' experience in the Maryland and PA region. And also with me, the man, the myth, the legend from Presidential Bank Mortgage with all of the money, Mr. Terry Kernan. He's here. How are we doing? All righty. Here we go. Here we go. Another weekend. We're almost halfway through the year. Feels like it's flying on by. Absolutely. All Incredible right. that it it's is. already June, and uh, when this show airs, I will actually be in Ireland. That's so it. He's ready to go. He's ready to take off. We're taking a couple days early. I leave tomorrow with Head the over. Gonzaga group that uh, I've been going to. This will be my 12th year being a chaperone uh, in Ireland, and it's uh, it's just an awesome experience. Take uh, the boys from Gonzaga down in D.C. that just graduated from high school and uh, some of the dads and... Um, we chaperone and uh, show them Ireland for eight days. So there you go. Looking forward to it. All right, you're gonna have fun over there and gonna gonna get a what do they call it? One of the green green Guinnesses. A, a genius, I call a genius, it. Genius, a genius. You're gonna go get some geniuses. <laughs> We're gonna get some geniuses. Fish and chips and geniuses on the way. That's my hometown. As you know, my boy Christian was over there just about less than a month ago, and he got to go see our homeland in Ireland and down on the coast and go visit. And um, he had an amazing time. He said for four days to travel around and to actually contemplate and think about this is I'm literally standing right in the town to where my great great grandfather and all them uh, lived and came from to come to America so and, and what town was that? so down in Cork down, down in Cork yep down on the coast there yep is it in Cork no which it's is right the big outside city? of it it's probably 20 minutes or so I believe 20 25 minutes he took a oh what's funny is he took Do you know a, the name I don't know the exact name off the top of my head he knows exactly I yeah. can't remember the town but he took a uh, he laughed and he was okay with it he actually took like one of their quote-unquote Ubers, and apparently the town, there's only like two Airbnbs, and he met some people at the pub and some places and went around, and he said uh, it was really funny. The, Airb uh, the, the, the transportation to get out there was more than the bus because it was late at night when he flew in. And it was like the Uber ride, and it was like 50 American dollars, and he couldn't believe it. And I said, heck, you went a 30-minute drive. But he was good to bless them. He said it was all great. That is he, awesome. He said, but the bus ride's only $5. He said it was just such a big difference. But he had a great time. He absolutely, absolutely loved it. And uh, I'm jealous. I want to go back and see our homeland now. Well, the people are special. Yeah, he like, said they're so friendly. Everybody loves everybody's everybody. Everybody's friendly. And, and crack in Gaelic means um, fun. Yeah. So basically, if I crack on you, I'm having fun with you. Okay. <laughs> so that's the big thing I have to explain to the boys, you know, because they're all, you know, I said, when a girl cracks on you, she's being jovial. She's having fun with you. She's not being mean. Yeah. <laughs> and that's probably the best advice I give to the boys when we get there. When you're drinking Guinnesses, Guineas, and uh, and Guinnesses and eating fish and chips, you can't be mean at all. So, But yeah, it was a lot of fun to hear his stories and everything, and um, it's just really cool. So, you're going to have a good time with everybody. A lot of the boys, I imagine it's their first time over to there, so you'll have a good time, right? Yes, sir. 
All right, let's get into the numbers. Here we go. Actives on the market is 265. Can you believe it? Wow. We were at 255, 260. I mean, we're just kind of bouncing around every week to week. Resales, 143, um, 35 days in the market. That's gone up from 29. Don't know what about that, but that's what it is. And 555 average medium price. New construction, 118 of them. 666 single family homes with the highest price we've seen at 727,900. Right, looking to break 750 for a brand new construction build coming soon. 55, so we're down a little bit on that regard. Pending under contracts, 540 new builds, 174 and 366 uh, resales sold in the last 30 days. T is um, we had uh, 336, which is really, 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 really low. So average time in the market of there is 14 days, and the price-sold ratios is 101.1. So we've gone up just a tiny bit, and that's just simply because the outrageous amount of buyer demand. So any thoughts? Well, the number that sticks out is uh, last week we're 29 days on the market. Today we're 35. So let's talk a little bit about that. I think what's happening is people are coming in and the sellers are starting to dictate the price again. They're starting to say, well, no, 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 no. I want to go in at 525. And you, the realtor, might say, well, you know, we're going we're gonna to be at 490 here and we're going to create some interest. And no, 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 I want 525. And, and, and that's Kind of what I'm feeling. Are you seeing any of that? Because yeah, because anytime you see days on the market go up, it's usually because the demand has gone down. Well, the demand has not gone down. Exactly. So what I think's happening is is the sellers are starting to get that swag that they had ten months ago. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember that swag? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when that swag disappeared in November and December. That's right. And they thought that you would, you know, just pulled the rug out from under them. Yep. Uh, and, and I don't know, but that's kind of the sense I get now because what we're starting to see or what? Appraisal issues. Yeah, I had another one. Yeah, okay. I know it's LMA. So, so that's usually, you know, a combination of, well, it's a combination of one thing, right? Combo of one, overpriced. Yeah. And that's the bottom line. So I think we're going to have Kenny McLean on in a couple of weeks. Yep. We've already sure. worked it out with Kenny. He'll talk a lot a bit about that. But that's the number that you just read out. Everything's pretty much the same, but that's the number that's jumped out to me. And, and that's what I think is going on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're definitely experiencing that uh, in the last few weeks, no doubt about it, is, is the sellers have this idea that, like, hey, I'm hearing, like, there's 70, I think I wrote it down, is like 70% of multiple offers are still happening because of low inventory and everything. And so, and there's no inventory. And so what they're thinking is, as well, I'm entitled to get whatever I want then. And they totally disregard everything as far as, um, you know, as far as appraisal appraisal problems. And, and no one really truly knows, number one, most don't know how that really works, What how how that's defined and what are the implications. Um, I dealt with that this, this last week, as you know, and we split the difference. The seller came down a little bit in the price and the buyer was willing to bring extra cash and it was a little bit of a stretch for them. I do know that. That was nothing fictitious about it. Um, but at the end of the day, the thing that was the saving grace that I believe the thing that was saving grace that caused the buyer to not walk away 
uh, from the counter offer that I had suggested to my seller with who, you know, it was a little bit of pushback. They were kind of like, hey, wait a minute. If they're not going to come up with all of it, we may just want to put the house back on the market. And and I'm like, no, this is where you're going to have the same issue later. You got a great buyer. They got good, strong financing and everything else. Plus, you won't have the carrying costs. So I did the pros and cons with them, and they came to their senses pretty fast and realized, oh, yeah, these are all the items I need to think about through to make sure that I'm making the best decision possible. And so splitting the difference is kind of the no I see as probably the more norm right now. But any appraisal issues, Terry, that I think I see going forward as as we get more inventory and as it's not so much of a seller's market, the more it becomes the less it becomes of a seller's market there's going to be more chance that buyers are going to be willing to walk away and sellers are going to be more forced to just come down to that appraised value. Be really happy. That's the value today. You're getting the top dollar. It's not like you're taking a loss. It feels like it because of what somebody offered and you accepted. But at the end of the day, no, that is the real value in general, whereas some would argue and say, no, the real value of anything is what a buyer and a seller is willing to pay uh, between each other. And so, yes, that's one argument. I've been for that for 20 years, but at the same time, Appraisals are appraisals. The numbers are the numbers. And I, I tell people, I think it's really a good idea to be happy with what you're getting, especially when our minds start to drift back to 2009, 10, and 11. Take what you can kind of get because we definitely don't want to repeat some of that nonsense, right? Absolutely. And, and, you know, I know a ton of appraisers, and I know a ton of appraisers for multiple decades, and they're all Great guys, great girls. They're all, yeah. they don't go into it with... Bias. There's no bias. There's no bias. There is none. They present the facts. That's it. And, and that's it. Yeah. Now, is it like an accountant or a CPA where you could give them your tax returns to five different accountants and they're going to come up with five different amounts of returns? Yes, that could happen. But all in all, they're pretty much in the same ballpark. They're pretty much on the same trail. thin. Yeah. So like literally razor thin, like that CPA's twenty dollar discount, you may get twenty bucks back from the government and this one you get five dollars because this one you had this other write off you to know about or something or I don't know, it could be yeah. something. But it's you're right, it's so razor thin. All right, so uh, real quick, I'm going to do my side real fast here. You stay in the market um, halfway through the year already. I mentioned before about 70% of multiple offers we're still dealing with. I'm educating. I have brand-new buyers from Massachusetts who are great folks. They live here now in Maryland, and they are first-time buyers. They've never, you know, they're learning the area and, and getting to know everything well in the market and the whole nine yards. And um, so they're the ones that are merging. They just came onto the on-ramp, and it's like, welcome to the party, <laughs> you know. Sellers are still on the fence, though, a lot with uh, move. You know, with only moving if it's a must or something that they absolutely have to do. And um, and it takes time. You know, we had so much activity and people were in their average time. It used to be seven years, but now it's actually about nine and a half years of the average time that people live in their homes at this point. Um, and so we still have that little bit of gridlock. On the buyer's side, this is the deal. It feels like um, unicorns and chasing my tail because it seems like, Terry, right now, I got a lot of scenarios going on where it feels like not only... Um, or, you know, we got a lot of buyers. I probably have 40 or 50 buyers on my search right now. And, um, probably about five buyers that are really active in the game. I mean, like, boom, I met a couple yesterday, two actually different ones yesterday, and today another one. And and so it's it's pretty good in that regard. But, but the key denominator is that with these five in particular, I've realized is that um, with all of their search, four out of five of them, what I recognized is that they were all willing. They got they got tired of 
man, I'm only getting like one. I'm only getting like four homes a week coming over. That's coming sooner active that are in my search. How do we expand that? And what they realize is, ah, I got to either like change my price. I'm going to be willing to pay a little bit more, twenty five thousand more. I'm willing to make a concession here. I don't really need a garage. It'd be nice to have a garage. One of them's like, but if I don't get a garage, not a big deal. I can build one later or just do without. And then most everybody has done the big thing. Well, let's expand the search out 20 more miles in all directions. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Now you've opened up the floodgates. And now they're like, oh, I'm getting two a day coming over now. Do you get it? Right. So by making these suggestions and saying, hey, look, if you broaden your search just a little bit more by doing this, doing this, doing this, doing this, X, Y, Z's, uh, let's see what that looks like for kicks and giggles. Let's just see what that does. And to my surprise, everybody's been pretty much on board and excited about it, and it's causing to get more activity, more showings, and to give like a new breath of hope that, wow, it does just only take one, and it looks like we're getting more. But this whole thing about chasing unicorns in my tail, that's the very thing is we've got scenarios, too, where the very thing that somebody wants, it doesn't exist in the moment. doesn't mean it can exist. It doesn't mean it can't come up. But it just seems like when you have less than 300 homes on the market and you take away all the new builds and you've got the resale market, as we know, at I think 141 um, resale homes on the market, Historically, Terry, at this time last at, at this time of the year, we would normally have about six to eight hundred resale homes. That's how far off the inventory is. And that's how far off the inventory has been off for two years, years now. Yes, two years. So, 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 so normal is now 135 resale homes on the market. That's the new norm. Like you and I and Kenny will talk about it. Well, in a normal market, well, what is normal now? Like this is, I think almost the new norm because it's been going on for over two years. Yeah, and we we talked about many of the factors, and we thank all of our listeners, go back into our uh, programs that dictate, we've talked about ideas that can do this. So let me build a scenario. So you got this wants versus needs is the number one thing, and then you got to blend it in with affordability of like, what can I afford, right? If I say, look, Terry, I want a, you know, I want to live in, I got, I'm not commuting far to work, and so I'm going to live in Frederick. I'm not living out in the county or nothing. I, I, I want to be five miles away from my work or something like that, um, or I just want to be by Starbucks in the gym and all that stuff like that and Walmart and my car wash and all the other goodies and everything. And so therefore I just want to live in this really tight area and I want, I got a big family. I got six kids, right? So uh, I'm going for the gusto. I want a six bedroom, four and a half bath house. I'm probably going to need at least 3,500 square feet because they're all boys and I need to, you know, everybody wants to kick out and have some space. And man, we got five, six cars now. So I need at least a four car garage minimum. And I don't like neighbors. I want to be out with at least three acres. I don't want to see a neighbor in sight. And, um, and then, you know, and all, and, and, but you know, I can only afford like $3,000 a month mortgage. And so that's going to get me what, maybe a half a million dollar home at the most and stuff. And then, so what would you say to me? I, here's, this is what I really got to have. I need it. I'm not willing to sacrifice anywhere else. This is what I'm going to get. And all of a sudden, Terry, you're like thinking in your head, what? Well, going back a couple things, going back to exactly what you said, and that is uh, cast the net wider. Okay. If you want that, then we're going to have to look into Pennsylvania. We're going to have to look into, you know, deeper out into Western Maryland. What? No, I am not willing to go out there. I know that doesn't exist right now, but there has to be one. 
if you want what you want, okay, I'm going to tell you what you need to hear, Mr. A, Mr. Ahern, as they say in Ireland. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear rather than what you want to hear is what you're looking for doesn't exist right now in your price range. What I'm seeing on my end is that people, the frustration levels have gone up to where people are actually coming back to me and, and they're saying, max me out to the maximum mortgage payment that I can go, and then I'm going to refinance when the rates come back down. But I can't sit on this bench any longer. I'm tired. I'm losing deals. I'm I'm out of the ball game. Max me out, and let's cast a wider net. And that's happened to me on several occasions over the last 30 days. So the demand is not, you know, waning or anything it is still there and i think people are starting to say give me something that i can look at yeah that's it and so so in that case so in your case with mm -hmm. the six bedroom and all that for yeah that's that doesn't exist it doesn't exist that's, that's the unicorn. What I mean, the unicorn so when we have these scenarios that we leprechauns with, do exist i will yeah, tell you that. there you go change that color up and so when we have that scenario we got a lot of listeners that are thinking well Okay, um, that's not what I want to hear. I, I really want what I want. I want that downtown place. I want it this size, this area, da-da-da. I got to have this, this, this. I'm not willing to give it up. And this is the only... But then we have the big affordability thing. Now, if you had a million dollars sitting in your account, great. Let's just build the dang thing, right? Like, we can get what we want. But when you're on a, on a, on a budget and everything like that... So let's say we have a scenario where somebody's at, I don't know what, average $300,000 or so like that. And it doesn't exist. What are the things that you can think of um, if, if, like, you know, what do you tell somebody? Do they, do they, do you just, if they're not willing to go out further, which that's usually the case, the, the crazy, the, the fastest cure to not being able to get what your real needs are, nine out of 10 times, Terry, the only solution ultimately in a fixed, like, you know, I can't go up in my budget, this is maxed out, and I have to have X, Y, Z, these are non-negotiables, and if nothing's coming up, the, the best cure is absolutely going out further, going into West Virginia, mm -hmm. or going up into Pennsylvania, and such like that, so. That's um, option one. Right, that's the best option. What is the best next option if they absolutely just can't go 20, 30 minutes or more away from where they're wanting to be. So what So what I do in that situation, and I run into it a lot, and I'm running, in, running into it all the time today, is what is our next solution? And the solution is, okay, let's relook at everything that you gave me, and let's come up with a plan to help you qualify for more. What are the two things that are going to help you qualify for more? Number one, get a gift or pay off debt, Ooh, right? Good. Pay off debt. So if you pay off a car that's $500 a month, divide seven into 500, and you're going to get basically, that's going to come up with how much more qualifying power that you have, okay? So you're looking at about another 80,000 in qualifying power, okay? Yeah. So, so that's going to help you out tremendously, okay? So, so a $500 car, payment. Well, we're going to pay this off. Well, I don't have money to pay it off. Okay. Can you get a gift to pay it off? Well, yes. My parents said that they'll help help us out. Okay, great. We're going to get a gift. We're going to pay this off. And that's going to get you another 70,000, 75,000 in qualifying power. Is that okay with you? Yes, that will be enough. 
no, that's not okay with me. I need another $120,000. Okay, let's go back to that well again, the parent well. Yeah. Let's get them to co-sign. Do you have one of the parents that can come on, jump on the loan, be a co-signer, and basically help you out to get you more qualifying? Now, let me let you know this. If somebody has poor credit, so when you have a co-borrower or a co-signer, the difference is a co-borrower is could be a husband and wife, it could be a boyfriend and girlfriend, it could be two high school buddies, it could be two people living in the house that are going to buy the house together. A co-signer is a non-occupying co-borrower. Big, big difference. Yeah. So you're going to have the parents and you're going to say, can we have one of your parents come on board, jump on the loan? Yes. My dad said that he would do anything to help me out. That's awesome. And then when things get better, when your job improves, we're going to refinance you and we're going to basically take your father off. Is that okay? Yes, that's perfect. So those are the two things that I deal with and telling people it, that this is the only way that it's going to happen. Then, and and But there are people out there that are going to say, loan officers that aren't doing any business are saying, well, you know, let me see what I can do, okay? The bottom line is is we all use the same guidelines to get you into a home. Right. So ratios are ratios are ratios. Yeah, you can't change them. But, but let me be very, very clear about this, and this is the one thing that people don't understand. When you have a co-borrower or a co-signer coming on the loan with you to help improve the loan, the only area it cannot improve is credit. Okay. Whoever has the lowest credit score, we're still going to use that person's lowest. So if my credit score, and I'm the dad at 780, but one of my children have a credit score of 720, we're going to have to use the 720 credit score. So that's a very, very important thing. When somebody has a 600 or 580 credit score, they say, well, my dad said he'll co-sign and he's got 800 credit scores. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, that's a big thing what you just that's said. That's a huge, huge, yep. huge thing. Where the co-signers, co-borrowers come into effect is when helping strengthen income, helping strength the job stability and bringing more assets and reserves to the table. But credit does not matter unless the person jumping on the loan has worse credit than you do. That's good. The other thing I thought is the uh, IRA. We don't ever recommend this at all on the Dave Ramsey fan. Last resort, there are rules to it. You want to talk to your CPA, but I do know that for down payment such, there's an amount that you can take out that can help you get into a place um, from from your retirement savings and things like that. And the other thing, Terry, is um, a second job you mentioned. What if somebody says, you know what, darn it, to afford more, I'm going to go get a second job. I'm going to go get a part-time job add to my income. I may not do this forever, but I'm going to suck it up buttercup and I'm going to go get a second job to get into the place that I really want and need in the place where I want to live. So I'm not 20 miles further away or whatever. What are your thoughts? Do you see people doing that at all? So people talk about that and people will do it and they'll come in and I'll say, okay, well, I work two jobs and I say, great. How long have you been working two jobs? Well, I got a job two months ago. Um, so I can make more money to save money to buy a house. Great. We can use that money that you're saving, but we cannot use that income that you are earning because you don't have, remember, one of the four areas, stable income. That does not show stability. Like, you got the job so you can get a house. Well, we need two years worth of 
two jobs. Oh, okay. Two years. Two you years. Have. You got to have two worth of two jobs. Okay. Now, are there exceptions? Occasionally, but not really. Right. So if you have a lender that says, "Oh yeah, I can use that," you know, they've been there two years, uh, two months. Now you can't. Okay. So people are going to say, "Yeah, we can," but you really can't when it comes down to it. So. So okay. that so great thought, and a lot of people say, "What if I get another job?" Great. You but if you're going to buy in two years from now, get the second job now, and not only do you have the extra money saved up, but now it can be counted towards that whole entire income of stability, right? That is correct. All right, good stuff. Most people don't know this stuff. That's why, I heard. Terry. Last thing, we got four minutes left. Check this out. This is something that I didn't think through. That um, is really, really important. I think we can cover in four minutes. Is this whole thing emerging now? That we've discovered, oh, this is good, that um, it's always been conventional loans the strongest, conventional loans the strongest, conventional loans the strongest. This is what we've been living forever and ever. And then all of a sudden, we get, uh, I, I put a house up for sale, and then you get all these offers. And then you see VA and USDA, and then also FHA loans. You're like, wait a minute, why are they doing those? Oh, FHA loan, they must have bad credit or loan to value issue ratios or this or that, whatever, only to find out, wait. Wait a second. If they, I had one. They said that if we have to flip it over to conventional, we can. If that's what it takes, but this is a more favorable loan for the buyer. And I went, huh? How's that? So tell everybody out there what are the pros to the um, possibly doing an FHA loan over a conventional loan right now. So here's what we've been seeing in the conventional side. We had a whole show that talked about the LLPAs, okay? The loan level price adjustments. And they're adjusting prices for people at all credit scores, right? So what Fannie and Freddie are doing is they're putting more money into the coffer to uh, offset any losses that they feel that may arise by people with these high interest rates. So right now, what's happened with conventional loans is the rate that you can get on a conventional loan versus an FHA, the distance has widened. The gap has widened, okay? So now somebody can get a lower um, rate on an FHA that makes a substantial difference. But in the past, FHA had a 0.85 yep. rate factor, okay? And on a 0.85 rate factor, and I'm going to just use a $300,000 loan, mm -hmm. okay? Just to, just to clarify this, 0.85% means that your monthly mortgage insurance on an FHA loan prior to, I think it was March 1st, um, right. was... $212 a month, Woo. Okay? okay? So the same $300,000 loan is now at 0.55% rate factor, and that's for every level of credit. Huge, huge difference, yep, okay? Yep, that's big. So that number went from 212, and that number on a $300,000 loan is now... 137. So wow. you just got $80 yeah. more worth of qualifying, which is about $11,000. When you add in the lower rate that you're yep. getting for FHA, 
when you add in the lower rate, then that basically shows you that you have a much lower payment on an FHA mortgage. Because what also happened besides the LLPAs is the mortgage insurance companies have boosted their rate factors. So now FHA used to be the highest. Now they've crossed in the night and conventionals are becoming much higher than the FHA 0.55. So the moral of the story is for buyers, don't be afraid to talk to you about FHA and how that can be more beneficial. And let me call the listing agent yep. and let me be an advocate for your loan and tell them, yes, we can go conventionally, but that's not what's beneficial yep. to the borrowers. Yeah, and that's huge. And the only con, the last thing I'll finish up with, is for the seller, there's only one thing. We just have to pay attention a little bit more to the condition of the property, broken windows, peeling, chipping paint, handrail issues, things like that smoke detectors, things like this. And those are pretty simple fixes in general that I can address usually right away up front when I sell a home so that the seller doesn't run into any snags whatsoever. So make sure you guys like and subscribe, smash that bell every time that we come on. We hope you tune in because Terry, coming up, we're going to give away a $100 gift card, summer giveaway, just to say thanks so much for tuning in to your Frederick Real Estate Update. Have a great weekend. Happy buying and selling, and we'll see you next time. Take care now. Looking to purchase a home or refinance your existing mortgage? If so, Lawyer Signature Settlements is here to assist you with that process. Lawyer Signature Settlements is a local attorney-owned title company with over 100 years of combined experience conveniently located in Frederick, Maryland. We are licensed to conduct closings in the states of Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. With two attorneys on staff here at Lawyer Signature Settlements, we ensure the most thorough review process paired with affordable rates, accommodating scheduling, and outstanding customer service. So next time you need to place your signature on closing documents, call Lawyer Signature Settlements at 301-695-1235 or visit us on the web at www.signaturesettlements.com. We hope to see you at the closing table. Hello, this is Terry Kernan with Presidential Bank Mortgage in downtown Frederick. And the best way to reach me always is on my cell phone at 301-639-9244, 301-639-9244, or you can always email me at tkernan at presidential.com. And this is Darren Ahern from REMAX Results. You can reach me anytime, 240-344-1713. Again, it's 240-344-1713 or at DarrenAhern at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to your Frederick Real Estate Update. We will see you each and every Saturday right here on WFMD at 11 o'clock.